Welcome to the Herbal Womb Wisdom Podcast, where we explore the embodied practice of herbalism with the womb at the center for folks who are new to herbs or herbalists in the making. This is a place to become empowered to include herbs and natural therapies in your personal health and, most importantly, to reconnect to the deep wisdom and healing capacity of your own body and the earth. I'm your host, clinical herbalist and integrative health educator, Kailea Honeybee. Let's dive in. Hello, beautiful friends. Welcome. Welcome back if you're returning and welcome, welcome if you're new. I am so grateful to be here with you today and just bringing in the energy of full-on blossoming spring everywhere here in the Northlands and the Wabanaki lands of Maine. We're definitely experiencing it. Like the lilacs are all fully in bloom right now and just driving around with my windows open. It's been so warm and driving around with my windows open. It's like everywhere I go, there's these really old lilac trees, like really old and large lilac bushes, I guess they are, that are just lining many of the roads around here. And I can just smell. It's like this floral smell. And so it has been so sweet. So I'm bringing you a little of that lilac sweetness today. And I'm curious what is blooming around you, what you've been noticing, what scents or sights or textures, or if it's been windy or if it's been rainy or if it's been sunny and dry, what you've been experiencing in this springtime. I hope you've been really getting the opportunity to soak in it a little bit. I know so many of us are so freaking full and busy in our lives and it it is good to be reminded, for me as well, it is good to be reminded that we have the opportunity every single day to just pay attention and drop into our bodies and drop into our senses. And speaking of senses, I will say that today's episode is an interview that I'm very excited to share with you with Amy Anthony, who is a clinical aromatherapist and an aromatherapy educator and mentor. And she's like the real deal. She's a real deal aromatherapist. It's interesting. There are a lot of people out there who work with essential oils And there's a ton of herbalists, like many of us herbalists have actually trained a little bit in aromatherapy. It's just been part of what we do. We might add essential oils to our salves or to our oils, or we might have, you know, a diffuser in our house and we might kind of like play with essential oils occasionally. But there are people who are trained aromatherapists, like really have gone through in-depth therapeutic training on how to work with the essential oils, the volatile components of plant medicine and do so in a way that's really professional. And Amy Anthony is one of those people. So I actually feel really excited to have her on the podcast. And she's going to share all about like what aromatherapy is from a very basic level, but also she gets pretty nerdy in a way that I love because I am certainly a plant nerd and that you might love too. I actually think of her as a smell nerd, really, because aromatherapy is all about, you know, those volatile components from the plants that arise that you can smell. And it's just she really is that. She has a lot of knowledge around both working therapeutically and also kind of blending really intentionally, making blends. And she shares about all of those things. And then we dive more deeply into how to work with essential oils and actually make some blends. Like she talks about some blends, specific plants, specific essential oils that may be helpful to encourage your arousal or getting into your body 
really arriving, like the grounding and centering and softening process that's kind of necessary for most of us in our arousal process. She talks about how to work with essential oils to make that happen and how to choose essential oils for yourself, like that it's not just about going to a store and grabbing, you know, an oil, a massage oil or something that says aphrodisiac oil, but actually about like tuning into your own desires and to your own affinities and relating to what you need in your own body. And she talks about like even principles around how to make a really beautiful blended oil or how to make a blend of essential oils for that purpose of arriving into your body, sensuality, arousal, getting into the mood. So that's really exciting too. I feel like we have a really special opportunity here to receive wisdom, embodied wisdom and knowledge from somebody who is very deeply dedicated to aromatherapy as a practice, as a true embodied life practice. She's got a garden and she does distill some hydrosol. So she's got a garden. She knows the plants really well, even though she lives in the New York City area and like Long Island area and is in a fairly urban world. She has a strong relationship to plants. So I am very excited to share all of this with you. I hope that you enjoy it. But before we dive in, I want to do the disclaimers. Number one, that nothing you hear today is medical advice. Of course, nothing is medical advice. I'm an herbalist and Amy is an aromatherapist. And so everything that we're sharing is all for your own education and information and personal empowerment and for you to do your own research. If you feel an affinity or resonant with something, dive deeper into it and explore it for yourself. And if you have any specific conditions, connect with a practitioner that you feel like would be supportive for you. And second disclaimer, there are only a few times that gendered pronouns are used towards the end, but there are a, there's a little bit of mention of gendered pronouns because traditionally there have been this concept of some sense being more masculine or some sense being more feminine. And so that's kind of brought up, but otherwise there's not much around gendered pronouns. But regardless, this episode is for you, no matter what gender you are, fully available. It's really appropriate for anyone, no matter what our sexuality or our gender is today. This is all about diving into working with the plants, working with essential oils, exploring your sense of smell and how that affects your brain and how that affects receptors in your body. It is just so – it's such a cool science to get into. So I hope for with no further ado, here's the interview. Welcome, Amy. Welcome, welcome. I'm so looking forward to really meeting you in this time together and the conversation that we're going to have. I love that you found the podcast. I mean, through a PR person, but I just love that you found my podcast and that you are here to share because I'm so excited specifically around aromatherapy because it's not something that I've really talked about a lot so far in episodes. So just to have somebody who's really focused in that area, I think is exciting. So welcome. Thank you for having me. It's a pleasure to spend time with you. Yay. So let's start by you sharing a little about yourself, what your background is, and why you do what you do. <laughs> uh, it's a f fun story to share. I think many people share this story. Uh, I grew up in kind of a rural-ish area, and I grew up gardening and learning about plants and playing in the swampy areas with skunk cabbage and milkweed in the fields. And that was just part of me and part of my mother and her mother. And then I moved around wherever I was, I would find a way to plant a garden. But life called and I went to college and I needed to get a J, you know, a J-O-B that paid the bills. 
And I found myself wanting to move back to the New York City-ish area. And I was in college and became a market researcher. So surveys and focus groups and data analysis. And the whole time I was like yearning to study herbalism. And after a period, I was just not right. And my husband was very supportive, still is. And I quit my corporate job. And then aromatherapy found me. And it found me even when I was in corporate America. And I this is 2012 that I quit. And around the same time, I took my first aromatherapy workshop because I was like, I have a bottle of eucalyptus. I'm putting it in my humidifier, but I would need to know more. And then I've bought books and more books and self-study. And I became obsessed and I couldn't tell you why. Hmm. And that's the universe was telling me like this was my way to connect back with plants. And that's my message to people is essential oils are a way to connect with nature through our nervous systems in many other ways. I was obsessed with studying, compelled to, didn't know why. And then I wanted to become certified. And then the universe was opening more doors and three blocks down from me in the East Village, Amy Galper opened the New York Institute of Aromatherapy hmm. and offered certification classes. So I signed up and then it just fell like uh, I started teaching there. I was asked to teach and became a certified teacher. And here we are. The doors opened and I kept saying yes. And I again, you don't do it alone. So a big nod to my spouse and a big graciousness to Amy and of course her teacher and my teacher, Jade Shoots. That's awesome. I love that. I love that that just like occurred for you that you basically just opened up to it and the doors the doors opened for you and that all you had to do was like walk the path that was right there that's amazing and like you know through studying plants like it took dedication when i started teaching i was so scared mm. i never thought i could be a teacher i studied my ass off i tried to think about how to present stuff to make it interesting so i'm still learning <laughs> oh my gosh i'm not a specialist in aromatherapy, but for herbalism, for herbal medicine, I mean, I consider herbal medicine to be a lifelong learning journey. And I have been studying plant medicine for over 17 years now, like pretty dedicatedly. So, you know, I feel like the best herbalists in my experience, the best herbalists that I know, the teachers that I know are are people who are continually learning. So Mm -hmm. that is what makes a good teacher, I think. And really being able to receive not just from books and not just from classes, but also from the plants themselves and from students too. Yes. I'm just pausing. If you don't mind, I was participated in a really fun like community, community event yesterday in Brooklyn, New York. And I just showed up and I had my oils and it was very fluid, but I ended up, you know, we, I was chatting with people. Some people knew about oils and then I, you know, people participated Uh and I, I can't say I necessarily learned something because it was, it was about 30 minutes, but it was a space to learn and share. And it's something I brought up when we spoke, I think to everyone that was brave enough to, you know, raise their voice and share. And I said, like, thanks, thanks for doing that. Cause the more we share, you know, the other person that's thinking of something and too shy to say something, they could be thinking the same thing or having the same experience. It's part of the process. Yes, it really is part of the process. I think for me, learning plants has, it's been amazing and helpful for me because I don't know, you probably know this as an herbalist and some people who are listening who are more like practicing or educators in different ways, mm-hmm. or have stu- if they've studied with more than one teacher, like, you know, 
that pretty much every herbalist works with herbs differently. It's a really interesting reality. I mean, yes, there's some like generalized actions and there's some ways that we can kind of understand them, but all of our bodies are unique. And so the way that like my particular body, my particular nervous system, of course, there's going to be a generalized action, but like that my nervous system responds to something might be slightly different than how it does for somebody else. Hell yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I love 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 that. So, so you actually knew about herbalism growing up? Is that what you were saying? I'm pausing because I have to think back to my younger self. My sister had a few books, and I just remember being uh, loving the plants and learning how to teach myself how to cook and be curious about culinary herbs. Mm-hmm. That I was just I wanted to know more, so I wanted to study plants. I remember starting to write down Latin names to learn the plants when I was in high school. Mm. So it was really just wanting to know more and finding the path, the right path for me. Hearing about being an herbalist, you know, when I, when I was like 20 years old, I was like, I just want to start studying. How do I find a teacher or a school, you know? And that was a, back in like 1999, 1998, mm-hmm. before the internet really existed a lot. Yeah, it's interesting. I mean, too, like when I first started, it's not that the internet didn't exist when I first started, yeah. but it was not searchable in the same way. So the way that I found my first, well, I guess I ended up on an herbal walk and that's how I learned about plants even being medicine. Like I did not know that before. So that was significant for me. And that was just kind of like where I was living. But beyond that, I realized I wanted to learn more. And so I didn't know where to look. And so I ended up looking through like the woofing. I don't know if you know about um, woofing, like you volunteer on organic farms. And it's, oh, this organ- oh. it's this organization. It's there's a US one and there's an international one. And I don't know if they're still existing now, but you know, however, in 2004, 2005, this was a thing. And you'd get this, like you'd like pay some fee and they would send you a book and it would be like a book of all these different organic farms. And they'd talk about the different, and you could volunteer on them. You could contact mm-hmm. them either by phone or by mail. And they told you about like what they specialize in. So I just looked through there and I found an herbalist (laughs) who had a garden who was actually in North Carolina. I was in Oregon at the time, but I just like wrote him a letter (laughs) and he wrote me back. (laughs) And then I went and moved in with him. Oh my gosh. It's like the good old days. (laughs) Seriously. It was so different too. Like I can't even imagine myself now knowing what I do because I was in my early twenties then too. And I'm just like, wow. That I would have, you know, not known this person, seen no reviews on on who this person <laughs> is, just been like, hey, yeah, I'm going to come like without a car and I'm going to come stay with you for months on end and and live there. Yeah, it's so wild. And you're and it's been a journey ever since for you. So it has. I mean, right, it's been yeah. a meandering journey, but for sure it's been kind of some I mean, not similar to you in that like. I didn't go into corp- the corporate world, but I did go into birth work for a while. And so mm-hmm. there's just a, a journey I've been on to focus really on plants at the center. So anyway, yeah, yeah it's exciting to to meet another herbalist and to just hear your journey. And to, it's so cool to me that you actually had awareness when you were a teenager about plants, mm-hmm. because I absolutely did not. I did not at all. I had no relationship. So yeah. Yeah. It's just, it's fun. It's fun how we all find them or they find us. And I love speaking that way. I think when I uh, when we speak this way, like I love to talk about the oils and remind people these concentrated essential oils mm-hmm. take so much plant matter, and the plants produce these oils for a very you know, many reasons. Actually, we think we know a lot, don't we? But 
the oils are so concentrated and these are beings. So when I'm working with them, like I'm really starting to get to know uh, Juniperus virginiana very slowly over the years because that plant grows all along the Eastern seaboard, but you'll find it, you know, North Carolina, but especially in this Long Island here. Mm-hmm. And it's a being. And when I walk by those really majestic trees, when you see them and pay attention, you notice the shape, the feeling, the woo-woo vibe that <laughs> it's compared to like the Eastern uh, white pine nearby. You're just like, you're so calm. You're so gentle. You're so much grandfather energy. And you think about that action right on the nervous system and how that might present. So when you smell the oil and you get to spend time with it, you're spending time with the, this, the messages of these beings. Mm. And it's, it's really, really cool. And it's probably going to take me forever to get to really understand any plant, but this plant medicine in this concentrated form, just like any herbal medicine, it's messages from another being. I love that. I love that. Cause yeah, when I think about the aromatics, cause of course that is an area of plant medicine that I think about, I think it really does feel like it's a conversation that's being shared. Like it can be shared between plants because it's a scent that's in the air. It can be shared between yeah. plants. It can be shared between animals. It can be shared with the insects. It can be shared with the humans. Like it's wild. It really is like you're saying it's a message. Messages so of cool. communication. Definitely, definitely a big, a big takeaway. I think for students, because mm-hmm. a lot of people just think of essential oils as scent. And it's, I feel like I'm always re, like my message is always like this is chemical information that your body is working with. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of people think of essential oils don't enter your body when you're smelling them. It's like this is highly concentrated, volatile, lipid loving stuff mm-hmm. that has great affinity <laughs> to bind to our tissues, receptor sites, etc. Mm-hmm. So like, just because it smells doesn't mean that it's outside of you, you know? Right. Cause like, actually we're taking in those chemicals that are available in the scent. Mm-hmm. They come into our body and then they respond. So I'm so excited to dive in more with that. But before we go to that like detailed level, can you just share overall, just since I haven't introduced aromatherapy mm-hmm. to anyone on the podcast, just kind of an overall view of what aromatherapy is. I love that. You know, what's really cool is this, this event I did yesterday. I, I, I'm forever polishing up my material. So I have my slides in front of me. So I'm going to read literally two slides to you. So this, uh, it's the holistic and therapeutic application of genuine and authentic essential oils for enhancing an individual's life, you know, physical, emotional, mental, spiritual, Uh, We can also call this essential oil therapy. A lot of different practitioners will start to call aromatherapy. A lot of different things, I think, like any practice. Part of the message of aromatherapy and its definition is that we're working specifically with aromatic plants and even more specifically, and this might sound familiar to people because of cannabis and a lot of research being done on cannabinoids and terpenoids. Mm-hmm. So what's in cannabis shares the same language or chemical language as all the aromatics. And we're really looking at essential oils. They are defined by being terpenes and terpenoids. So going really geeky into the hydrocarbons and oxygenated compounds. So there's a real chemistry you start to look at. That is part of my evolving definition is that we 
are working with terpenes, it always kind of comes down to that. Is that by definition, is it like we don't work with the essential oil of lily because it doesn't exist. Mm -hmm. So in hand in hand, essential oil of lily can't exist because essential oils are obtained historically through the distillation process. So distillation is it's a necessity. Distillation obtains the volatiles in their incredibly concentrated matter. So it's steam distillation. But also now we're getting CO2 extraction, which is really exciting and creating like a buzz in the industry. Mm -hmm. And then just one more thing to share that's really important. In my earlier definition, I said genuine and authentic. So we're working with single source botanicals. We're not working with uh, synthetic components. So we're not saying like, oh, here's a Yankee candle that smells like vanilla. It's like, no, it's not aromatherapy. We have to work with essential oils that are by definition obtained through distillation or CO2 extraction from single source botanicals that are aromatic, like lavandula angustifolia only. You know, I'm not taking a bunch of different lavenders and putting them together or taking isolates. So I'm yammering on and on, but a lot just went into that definition. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So it's like the therapeutic. Okay. I'm going to reflect back what I'm hearing from a a more broad place. It's like the therapeutic application of the aromatic compounds from single plants that are sourced a particular species. And then you receive, like you're saying, like each of these plants has certain chemicals in them. So those are terpenes. That's the more scientific ways of talking about them. And And there's many different terpenes, right? And so each of the oh, plants yeah. has a different profile. And those mm-hmm. and that those specific aromatic compounds have an effect on the body that's therapeutic. Yes. Yes. Yeah. It's awesome. I mean, it's very exciting. I think it's so cool that you're just like such a, a smell nerd. <laughs> <laughs> it's really fun. And you know, it's really hu- not humbling, but the best way to learn is to literally smell the oil. Mm-hmm. And one thing I've tried to do over the years is become incredibly neutral because scent is neutral. It's just information that's being conveyed. And then our culture comes into play saying, oh, we don't like that as a family or a culture. That tastes bad, doesn't it? You know, but one thing I do when I get to know a plant and its oil is I sit with it multiple times and try to become incredibly neutral and take in the information and just free flow right heart rate, this smells like uh, suddenly my stomach went, you know, and I invite that to your listeners to to do that when you think about essential oils to really get the messages Hmm. of the oil and the therapeutics. And we call it attunement in herbalism, right? So Mm -hmm. it's like really doing that. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. And I think that that is important for us to do with any plant material, actually, to get to know a plant is just just receive what we the information that we do through taking that plant in in whatever way whether that's in a tea form whether that's in a tincture whether that's Mm -hmm. smelling it i think what's cool about aromatherapy is that it seems to me and i'm very curious to hear more actually but it seems to me that it has a lot to do with how our brain receives the compounds it comes Mm -hmm. in and then it affects our brain so i'm curious to hear more about that but before we do that can you just share a little bit more so you have an actual garden and you do you distill oils yourself So yes, I have a modest undertaking out on Long Island. I have, I'm just pausing when I say this because I don't distill for essential oils because it takes so much plant material 
So yes, I talk about harvest. that. Talk about that. Let's let's get yes. clear on that. <laughs> yes, I do distill, and for just let me start with an example. Let's say I try to grow lemongrass every year. Of course, it doesn't survive this climate in the Mid Atlantic, and I might grow two to three plants, and then I harvest them, and I might get one to two pounds of plant material. And what I do is I distill for the hydrosol, which mm-hmm. is very therapeutic. That's a whole different part of aromatherapy and herbalism. Mm-hmm. But when I do distill that, you know, let's just say it's three pounds, I might get, because uh, lemongrass can yield a lot of the essential oil, actually, I might get less a mil mm-hmm. of oil that just floats on top that I might try to siphon off with a pipette. I can't think of the figure in my head, but I think it takes like 90 kilograms of harvested lemongrass to get a kilo of oil. I'm going to switch the stat I like to use because a lot of people know about lavender. Mm -hmm. It takes, depending on the plant where it's growing, the season, the rainfall time of year, how old the plant is, lavender flowering tops can get yield. Let's say we pick about 250 to 300 pounds of flowering lavender tops and we can get a pound of oil. That's a lot of preciousness and that highlights the concentrated nature of essential oils. I mean, I could go down a rabbit hole here if you'd like. It takes so much plant material A, the plants only produce a tiny bit, like a plant generally will have less than a percentage of its overall composition will be essential oil. Mm -hmm. Some of them like lemongrass might be 1%, 2%, but that's really pushing it. It takes so much darn plant material and people see it as wasteful. So that's why as an aromatherapist, we have to stress that, hey, guess what, guys, if you really just want the effect on your mind and mood and emotions, Mm -hmm. literally one drop of essential oil on a cotton pad can change your existence, your state of being in like three minutes. I see it all the time. It happens to me. I saw it in my workshop yesterday. That's really, I think everything that you shared is so important to understand because I mean, I'm sure that you're very fully aware of the network marketing, multi-level marketing, aromatherapy experts in quotes out there who are encouraging like an unbelievable amount of use (laughs) of oils. I try to be measured in what I say and I try to stay neutral, but it's disheartening and it's kind of disgusting and essential oils are not supposed to be consumptive. They're not just products on a shelf. I'm a big advocate. I say this with a lot of people. I've said this when I teach as an aromatherapist, I think as an herbalist, my goal is not to have a repeat client every week, every month. Mm -hmm. I want to help you get to the root of your cause And I want to find something to help you to get to the point where you don't need that anymore. Mm -hmm. And I'd love to see you again, you know, in a year, you know, if you find aromatherapy works for you, but I'm not getting rich off this stuff. And it's like, we have to be really mindful about what the heck we're doing. Mm -hmm. I feel like I really appreciate that perspective. And I love that you shared that one drop of oil on a cotton, on a little cotton ball can basically change someone's life. Like it could change someone's entire day. (laughs) It's really fun. The thing that, that I think is really powerful, like essential oils, and you know, this working with aromatics, right? They're great on the digestive tract and all this stuff. It's the nervous system really that we're looking at, but Mm -hmm. essential oils take the edge off. They don't change you, but you might notice you don't feel as irritated or as foggy or as fill in the blank. It's like they come in, they generally 
I think of the great works of Peter Holmes, who's a respected mm. herbalist and aromatherapist. His books are fantastic. For any student, I highly recommend his Aromatica books. Mm. You look at his writings and you'll see the oils generally will look to modulate. And they're mm. working on the, the hypothalamic level and in our receptor sites throughout our bodies, but they're generally looking to regulate us. So I think it's funny as a student when you're like, they're uplifting, but relaxing at the same time, it's like, mm. yes, they're trying to bring you to this state of your normal. Yeah, that I think that's really neat to consider. And also, I imagine when you think about an oil, it's not just one isolated compound that's coming mm -hmm. in. It's like there's probably for most plants, a multitude of different elements like aromatic compounds that are coming in and that are affecting us in a variety of ways too. So each uniquely. And another thing that I think is interesting, which I'm wondering if you can speak a little bit to is just that depending on where a plant is grown or the conditions that it's in, the aromatics can be different. Can you speak a little to that? Oh, totally. I love how you asked that you answered the question at the same time because it's true. <laughs> it is, it's, it is the plant is alive. It's the plant evolved to be in a location. So rosemary, our beloved rosemary, right, started in the Mediterranean basin. It thrives in that dry climate. It needs that hot citric air and that the limestone, you know, cal calcium soil and specific latitudes and altitudes can incredibly impact the chemical expression. I would say the phenotype, right, we call it, of the of the plant's genes. Mm -hmm. So yeah, where is the plant growing? And that's the thing I think a lot of students, we need to remind ourselves when we're studying, it's like the plant exists, but you have to look at that time of year, time of day, altitude, latitude, you know, closeness to sea level really makes a huge difference. It's big. And this is why it's important that your growers love what they do and know their plants and that the distiller is ideally the grower too, or works really intimately. You want to know your plants. The The lavender industry is pretty big here in the United States, like lavenders in Michigan, lavenders in Pennsylvania, it's in Oregon. But you know what? Lavender, high altitude lavender from France is so different. Mm. <laughs> you know, So it's fun to explore. It can be really expensive to buy all these oils. But yes, they're so different. Do you work with a specific, do you work with specific growers yourself? Or are you just kind of saying it's good to know who your growers are? Uh, so I've, over the years, I've slowly gotten to know just a handful of people. But through my studies and my teachers, I've learned companies that you trust. Mm -hmm. But I only know a small, a few growers and distillers. Yeah. So do you have any companies that you can share that might be good, at, at least for people to start exploring if they wanted to? I usually have a spreadsheet, but I don't, I, I always have my spreadsheet because I like, I don't advocate any specific company. So mm -hmm. I want to be really clear about that. Also, what would people look, look for? You know, let me just give a few shout outs and then what do yeah. you look for? So some shout outs to Nature's Gift is a, she's a, a, it's a family owned company. I believe this Marge Clark, she's been in the industry for a long time. I think she's now retired, but beautiful oils, thoughtfully sourced. Still Point Aromatics is one in Sedona. Also in Sedona is Claire Liker and Max Liker. Uh, they, I've harvested and distilled with them. 
they only specifically look at native to that area, aromatic plants. You know, some kind of greatest, like bigger companies, Prana Rome uh, is, is very nice. I have a friend that swears by Amarita. You could go to Oshadi in the UK, Florihana, and there's several others, um, Elixir up in Canada, Zayat up in Canada. Uh, there's many more, but I just gave a good handful to look at. So when you're looking for an oil, honestly, it's like you don't want to go to Etsy. You don't want to go to Amazon. You want to go to places that you look at the website and it just seems honest and not too flashy. But if you can, ch- if you have the money to buy a few oils, one thing to look for, you want to look for the Latin name, right? Especially as an herbalist, right? We always look at the Latin name to identify you want to be clear, you look at the label of what's the plant part for lavender. I want to see, I expect flowering tops. I don't want to see whole plant. If it was flowers only, that would be very expensive. So you'd see that reflected in the price. So Latin name, common name, country of origin. If it is mixed with a base oil, it should be noticed. So sometimes you might go to your local health food store and see frontier herbs. Why am I blanking on the name? Or acacia brand, fine brand. Fine. We know I've purchased their oils, but I don't prefer them. They have a whole line with the more expensive oils like German chamomile will be diluted in jojoba oil. So look at your label. Price. It shouldn't be too expensive or it shouldn't be too cheap. So you'd get to find your way around that. If you can, challenge yourself with one or two botanicals to buy a few bottles from different suppliers. Go to the health food store, get um, an Oracacia or the Now brand. Go to like nature's gift and get, you know, get peppermint of each, get a peppermint oil, go to Walmart and get a peppermint oil and then smell them. So a real genuine, authentic, essential oil. They'll all smell different, different time of year, but that like lavender has a signature. Cinnamon leaf has a signature. It should smell like a poem. You should have a dry down. It's the different chemistry is there. Like if you buy a oil from, I'll just say at Walmart, that's just a sad oil that might smell one dimensional. And if you can go and go and buy, you know, three bottles of the same botanical and it's a real learning experience. I love that suggestion. That's like such, that is, it's so empowering too, because it's like you, your body can tell you Mm -hmm. what is going on with these different plants and like you can learn on your own. Yeah. And also is a really important thing is the oils when they're genuine and authentic and cared for, you can smell, you won't get a headache from a genuine authentic essential oil. You shouldn't unless everyone's different. I must acknowledge that. But generally it should smell interesting. It should be complex and you should not get a headache. And I felt nauseous when I, I evaluated oils for some people in the past. And it's just like, sometimes you just smell it. You're like, oh yeah, there's this is not right. So you you know, as Dr. Schoenbrunn, my fifth grade teacher said, the nose knows. So cheesy, <laughs> so cheesy. <laughs> but it's, it's true. And now this is the line of work you're in. Well, I'm curious if there's anything more you want to share about how oils actually work in the body, how these essential oils actually work in the body. Yeah, it's a great topic and it's it's complex, but not on a superficial level. So we know they're highly concentrated. They are essential oils, right? They're they're lipid loving. That's why they're called oil. They're lipid loving, but they're not oily. 
And then the essential part is that like the essence of the plant, it's a secondary metabolite, but they're highly concentrated. We can work with them through olfaction only, which I highly advocate. I am a big proponent of working with diffusion, that uh, smelling on the scent strip or cotton pad. And then we can also work with them. Of course, when we're smelling them, they get into a respiratory tract. So we can do steam inhalations or really just breathing in the oil. Many oils are helpful for the respiratory tract mm-hmm. uh, and like rosemary, eucalyptus, laurel, like there's a big list of them. So we olfaction and respiratory health, and then we can work with them topically and they must be diluted, mm-hmm. must be diluted because of their concentrated nature. Essential oils are by definition, and this is, I think, interesting for any student. When you look at any book where you're, quote, learning oils, you'll see that most of the properties are the same. uh, Antibacterial, many are antimicrobial. You'll often see anti-inflammatory. You'll often see wound healing. You'll often see, not always, digestive, carminative. So there's a lot of actions and secondary actions And there's this language that we're sharing. So when we work with olfaction only, you're working with perception of things. You're getting things into the nervous system, the neuroendocrine system. When we're working topically, of course, we'll be working with the neuroendocrine system because it's getting into our system through the blood. But when we work topically, we can really help with wound healing, bruising, scar repair, arthritis, and things like that. So you really have to look at the oils and say, what what am I doing? What's my intention? And how am I going to then apply the oil, which will then determine what I will make? I I feel like I just was a bit messy there, but there's a lot to consider when you're looking to harness and tune in on the power of the oils, because they're not good for everything, which some multi-level companies say they are. Um, Right. I love that. I feel like, I don't feel like that was messy at all. I feel like it was descriptive and we got a sense of the different ways that you can work with them. So one of the things when we were preparing for this, we were talking about the idea of focusing more on sensuality and pleasure and how Mm. essential oils and aromatherapy can actually enhance those parts of our experience in our life. So I'm curious, like just from a wide angle lens, like since we're talking about like how to work with the essential oils, how can they be incorporated into our sensuality or our pleasure or or our sexual experiences? I I love that because I I think about this often and I created workshops about this. It's underlying, looking to support the sensual nature of you and tapping into the nervous system to get into that you know rest and digest state. And I, I took some oils out just so I'd have them in front of me to think about supporting different states. So you want to become relaxed, right? So we might not necessarily turn to rosemary, eucalyptus, lemongrass, even though lemongrass can be a bit sedative, actually. But we want to support feeling warm, comfortable, cozy, your guard is down. So then you can sink in and you can look at to plant the plants that help do that. So two of them, and especially uh, patchouli, when I've worked with it, I joke, you can see when I teach and share oils, if you just watch me teaching with you, you'll, I'm a barometer because you'll see like my nervous system change mm-hmm. or I might express something. Patchouli hands down, if you find one that is good, 
and not the cheap hippie dippy boyfriend from high school <laughs> smell. Um, that's what some people say, and it's true. So truly, my my saying is it gets you into your hips. And it opens you, you want to sink down, you want to feel open, you feel like, mm, and if you have a good patchouli, and you can get past associations from the past, it that's one of its signatures is just working with the nervous system. I don't know the exact chemistry, to be honest, about what receptor sites, but that has its, its signature is that settling. Supporting that is something like vetiver, which is not as sensual, but it really kind of soothes and cools you and grounds you and brings you down. I'm going to speak for myself. If I want to feel sexy and sensual, I want to feel calm. Mm -hmm. I don't want that heightened like wham, bam, thank you, ma'am. To me, that's not (laughs) pleasant. That might be good for some people. It doesn't Mm -hmm. work for me. So you want to support that with other oils that you can blend with like the cedars, Cedrus Diodora, Cedrus Atlantica, I'm starting to experiment with Juniperus virginiana, our native lovely juniper that's called red cedar here. Centering, really calming. You could say masculine energy um, to, to speak that language, but that is what it is. More woods to bring in. Sandalwood historically is just, it's precious. There's different ways that people are sourcing it now, even sandalwood twigs, because mm. usually you'd have to harvest the whole tree and mm. kill it and grind it down. That's what many of the trees are. So we have to be really mindful of our tree oils. Sandalwood is incredibly supportive for calming you down and making you sink into your own body and be like, yay, this is, I'm ready. Further centering oils you can think are like palmarosa and geranium. They're generally just really balancing for mood, for skin. Because maybe, because I'm not talking about sleepy oils, by the way, these generally aren't sleepy, but they're really like chilling you out. Mm-hmm. Some people, you might want to bring some spice into your life and uh, ever so judicious use of ginger for heat, clove, like one drop, one drop in a one ounce bottle when, when you blend. This little heat can really complement things like rose. And we'll get into the florals. The heart chakra, sensuality, the sensuality of the plant, Elan, Elan, Rose, Jasmine, kind of classic. Jasmine's like narcotic, a bit heady, Elan, Elan as well. Blending that with some of these other oils that I shared can be incredibly just, they're sensual. Wow. Thank you for sharing all of those. And I think there is just hearing it. I'm like, oh, wow. Okay. So getting to know each of the oils, which I did, I used to work at an herb shop out in California. I used to live in California and I worked at an herb shop and we had a whole bunch of essential oils there. And interestingly, I mean, we didn't have a lot of different, we had one particular brand, but Mm -hmm. there were people who would come in and that's just what they would be looking for is the essential oils. And I was not an aromatherapist and I was not, you know, really well-trained in the oils. But one of the things that I did do was smell a lot of the oils. And there were people who would come in who would know a lot more about like the blending of them. And so I think what I'm hearing from you is just reminding me of that, of that energy of like, there's a, there's a way that you can blend oils that like grounds them and it brings in different qualities. Cause you're really, it, it really feels a little bit like alchemy. I mean, maybe not alchemy in like the traditional perspective, but alchemy almost in like a, you're really creating this, this synergy of plants uh, together in an oil. So you're spot on. Like in my training, we, it, uh, 
much aromatherapy training, we talk about synergy within the oil itself because we try to get away from that. This is good for that. This chemical component is responsible for this. Mm-hmm. And we will have the holistic aromatherapy perspective. We're looking at whole oil. And then like you're saying, when you blend, you look to synergize and support. Like if I'm looking for a sensual blend, I would look at many of those botanicals I just named, including, I didn't give a shout out to Damiana, which mm-hmm. I know in the herbalist world is worked with. I've had some personal experiences with Damiana where it's just like, wow, I don't know what chemistry is happening in the body, but that like revs your engine a little mm, bit. Yeah. Add that like Damiana with a little Elon Elon because Elon Elon is less expensive than Jasmine. It's actually an essential oil. Jasmine, we're working with solvent extracts. So mm. that's its own thing to talk about. But yeah, we're, we're blending, we're creating something that's personal because you can go to a sh- store online shop and buy a sex blend or a chill blend, but maybe you don't like it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> you know, totally. so getting to explore them yourself or meeting an aromatherapist to work with to blend for you is interesting. Yeah. I love the idea of personalizing it too, because like you were saying earlier, you know, yes, I mean, there are people like me, for instance, you know, yeah, I'm similar to you where I need to drop into my body. I need to relax my nervous system. I need to open, I need to calm, I need to feel safe, I need to feel grounded, I need to feel like soft. Like there's those things mm-hmm. are really important for me when I'm getting into my sensual self. And I know that there are like you're saying there are some people who are, you know, maybe they get turned on by maybe just the warming stimulating energy or like mm-hmm. there's just different people, right? So we're all different. So I think that individualization is so important. Plus the the idea of like, oh, well, you know, rose may or may not there's like certain people who like may or may not be turned on or or desiring of a certain smell like a smell might Mm. actually like you were saying before this idea of like it could actually trigger a memory (laughs) that may not be helpful (laughs) for settling yeah Yeah, you're you're touching on something that we didn't get to touch upon too much but there's that layered cake that i was i briefly Mm. mentioned like you have sent recognition, scent, uh, memory formation, triggers of memories. You have a bunch of things happening on that emotional level while you also have the physiological thing happening. So even though lavender can actually make you sedate your nervous system, what if you hate the smell? We don't want to do that to you. So there's it's it's not super complex working with the oils, but just because someone says, Peppermint's good for headaches. Well, what if you had a terrible relationship with the person that always drank peppermint tea? Yes. You know, like we want to respect that uh, as as a practitioner. Right. And so if you're working with somebody, this is a total aside, but if you were working with somebody as an aromatherapist, would you ask them, like, are there any smells that you just really don't like? So this is a personal practitioner thing. I to answer your question, I don't do remote sessions for that reason. Mm-hmm. I must have the person with me. They yeah. must be with the oils. We talk through their concerns. I will pick oils to present to them. Mm-hmm. And then I open a few bottles that I chose, you know, it might be seven to 10 bottles. And I'll just say, just smell it. Don't think about anything, you know, keep it or push it away. Cause I already pulled the therapeutics, but now we have to weed out things that maybe they're just like, no. So other people might practice differently. We're all different, but it's it's important to to 
to nod to that the personal lived experience of the individual. Mm-hmm. I really appreciate that. I feel that also with just formulation in general, herbally, especially with teas, because people actually have to drink them. So really understanding like what is going to feel good and taste good for this person. I mean, it's helpful in tinctures and other formulations too, but absolutely 100% in teas. (laughs) I love that you said that because like you, like you said, you're drinking it. It's something that you want to look forward to. Like tinctures, you can just be like, squirt right in the mouth get over it right Mm -hmm, the tea is like a ceremony it's a thing it's a experience Mm -hmm. yeah I had a client once who actually like beyond she didn't have any need for the tea that we were we were working with anymore after the first few months of us working together but she actually ordered like a bulk amount of it later because she just liked the way it tasted so much just to have as a beverage tea when she wanted it you know rather than medicinally and it's just it's so cool I love that. Like, oh wow like she really like that those flavors that flavor profile really worked for her so very cool yeah, yeah. i love that and i imagine that works with oils too so one thing that would be great actually if you have any combinations or if you have any ideas of how somebody might be able to incorporate some of these oils like you listed a bunch of oils here and you gave some ideas around you know their grounding or their centering or they might be warming or just floral but like how would somebody start like you had mentioned before the idea of having an oil and you have like maybe an ounce of oil like do you have any ideas of how somebody could start on their own to to explore especially for sensual or sexual enhancement yeah I don't really have any pre-made blends, but I'm going to share some guidelines here. Mm -hmm. Um, When you're working with, I think body oil goes hand in hand with sensuality. And it's easy. You can take a one ounce bottle. Ideally, it's glass. Maybe you make a dropper bottle or you get a flip top. You know, you decide. But glass is always the best, right? So when we're working with topical application and we're not working, we're working with like feeling and nervous system and emotions we're working with a, we call it the holistic uh, dilution rate. So if I'm working with trauma, like a bruise, you know, like some trauma to the skin, I might go up to like five to 10% essential oils. That's a lot. Yeah. But in your one, yeah, one ounce, and you're doing this for you, you're going in at like 2.5 to 3%. So drop wise, even though it's not exact, uh, you know, grams and all that, you could do 15 to 20 drops of the essential oil in that one ounce of your carrier oil. And you can, of course, blend your carrier oils for a self-massage or partner massage. Sesame oil is really nice. Warming, penetrating. There's so many other gorgeous nut and seed oils to talk about. But for sensuality, that one's really, that one just does something for me. A sunflower is nice too. Those are easy to find. You can find them at your local supermarket, right? You can go to your health food store. So if we're looking, let's just stick with 20 drops at the like 3% dilution rate. Like a really gorgeous standard way to look at a nice, I'm just looking at the oils here. If I had to, was to take, I have to take rose. Come here. So <laughs> rose and patchouli go really, really, really nicely together. I find um, if you want to add just a kiss, you might add like one drop of clove to three to five drops of rose. And you might add, I have a very light patchouli I'm looking at from India. I might add like seven to eight drops of that patchouli. You always want to blend your essential oils first together. And notice I wasn't going up to 20 drops because I might add, depending on the intention, 
two other oils in there. Mm-hmm. Always blend your essential oils first and swish them together. Don't just put sesame in the bottle and then add your oils. You want the chemistry to mix up for a little bit. You set it aside, then come back to it. Uh, and then you can add your oil. So Elan, Elan is another one. I'd, I'd honestly say patchouli is a nice go-to base, like a core oil. I don't know how you blend your herbs if you're blending a tea, if you talk in like the core, um, like the the principal herb, but often you have your foundational botanical you're looking on. You're like, this is addressing a lot that I'm looking to do. And then you bring your enhancers in. Yes. Um, yeah. I think about exactly. primary and secondary. Yeah, yeah I do. Yes. So it's the similar language for blending oils. So patchouli might be the primary, and then I might want to put a little Elan Elan in there. So with essential oils, you can do equal parts. So to get to that 15 or 20 drops, you could do five, 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 mm-hmm. but you might notice that rose is expensive and yeah. she can overtake something or clove is really hot. It could be a sensitizer in the skin. You want to put less of those in. So there, there's things to get to know. So I'm smelling patchouli, Elan, Elan, and some uh, cedar wood from Kashmir. I would do just a little bit of the Elan, Elan, and a little more drops of the other other guys. And to me, that's just a sensual, calming blend. Men and women, that's the thing. So uh, I encourage you, uh, everybody, uh, scents don't have a sexuality. They're unisex. Plants are for everybody. So a lot of people think florals are only for women when men can really benefit. And then people just think like cedarwood and vetiver is really masculine. So it's like, no, you know what? Blend them together and let them sit and smell it and see what happens. That's mm-hmm. a really important thing. It's kind of just having fun. I, I gave you more of like a how-to. Yeah, I think that's really helpful. And do you think that the primary, would you think also working with just the scent of like actually just smelling like a diffuser or something. Mm-hmm. Of course, that's a great point. Uh, I was just going because you know sensuality and the the topical yes. body oh, application is really nice. <laughs> I love it. I mean, I think that's something that's very exciting that people can start working with, and that I am excited to explore because I have a few of these oils myself. So I like the idea of. I just have never, I've never made like a sensuality oil for myself, which yeah is kind of interesting for me to think about. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, try it. So it's mm-hmm. do what I'm doing right now. I'm, I pull have my oils and I'm smelling them in groups of three. Um, you know, and you don't want to blend. We're not perfumers. We're not blending ten together. We're not making chords and accords. We're we're thinking sensuality. But I'm smelling now sandalwood with geranium and jasmine. Mm. <sighs> it's just I can feel my throat just relax. My head just got a little, not fuzzy, but I'm feeling like a little buzzing up in my temples. But yes, diffusion. It's the same principles. You want to blend uh, in a glass jar first. And maybe you will make a little stock blend. Take a little glass bottle and put 30 drops total in and swish that around. 30 drops of your chosen three to four or five oils. And then you're going to put your three to five drops into your water diffuser, your say ultrasonic diffuser. You could have a nebulizer, which uses no water, which is more powerful, but definitely some uh, advice is just get some of your oils out and smell them and have fun. You won't make a mistake. And I have to share this. I, I, I love teaching because when you teach blending, I'm giving you some really nice expensive advice here. When you blend, 
you don't want to blend and then use it. Or I hate using that word. You don't want to blend and work with it or apply it. You want to blend and let it sit because these are chemicals that need to come together to like find each other and we'll say synergize. Mm. So at first you might be like, oh my God, the clove is taking over even though I put one to two drops in. If you come back the next day, it will smell different. So that's that's an insider's secret. Wow, I love that. Thank you. It's a gem. My pleasure. It is, <laughs> actually. <laughs> it's a game changer for people that have had product lines and they come in, it became certified and they're like, oh, I wasn't making a blend and letting it sit. Totally. And you know what I like to do if I have time? You can make a lunar blends. Like when you make tinctures, you can start mm-hmm. to blend on the, uh, you know, go full moon to full moon and mm-hmm. start working that way. I love that you just tied that into the moon, the moon cycles. That is so appropriate for this podcast too. Wow. I'm just so grateful. Is there anything else that you're feeling like you just are burning, like feeling a sense that you really want to share about this topic or about our own therapy or anything before I ask you how people can work with you? I mean, I think we covered a lot. We sure um, did. <laughs> I, I really, I want to acknowledge these can be expensive, but if you're curious, start with a palette of oils. And I want to give a shout out to the organizations um, in the United States. I'm the state representative for the Alliance of Inter- New, excuse me, New, New York State Rep for the Alliance of International Aromatherapists. You can go to their website and look up safety guidelines and tips on working with essential oils. Mm. There's also the National Association for Holistic Aromatherapy. It's like a not partner organization, but another resource to find how to work with oils, maybe oils to purchase. They will have like like a classic 20 that you might want to buy. So start small and just be curious and smell and be curious. That's my advice. Uh, my, my burning thing I want to share. I love that. And just before we complete, is there like a specific book or reference that you just feel like is a great starter or that is foundational and that you wouldn't want people to be without? Uh, yeah. So I'm looking at my books. I have a lot of ones I would not recommend to anybody. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, bad, but <laughs> foundationally, it's a co- like I'd say it's a college level book when you look at the depth. So there's the classic Salvatore Battaglia's The Complete Guide to Aromatherapy. That literally is a course book, mm-hmm. and it could be intimidating, but you'll see. And he just uh, it's been recently updated. There are references to other books. So you might find like you want, you keep seeing these references that you're like, oh, I want to go buy that book too. But I think from a foundational therapeutics, having everything in one place, that's a very written by a very well worldwide renowned individual that that would be the book. I mean, there's others. I I, I mentioned Peter Holmes's Mm -hmm. uh, Aromatica that's a little more in depth, but the the richness of his writing, that's a traditional Chinese medicine perspective, but it's still applicable uh, for the more advanced student. But I'd say start with Battaglia's book. I love that. Thank you so much. Truly. Thank you so much for everything that you've shared. I feel like for me as somebody who I've, of course, learned about essential oils, but I've never, there's things that you shared that I've never heard before, specifically oh. around like the mixing and letting it sit like that's something that I've heard uh, before and just a few different just the ways that you shared about things so I'm just really really grateful for all your wisdom and your knowledge and your embodied experience and I'm curious if people 
are listening and they're like, how can I learn more with you or work more with you? I mean, there are some listeners in New York City area, so you could talk about whether that's online or in person. Where can they find you? Thank you very much. Uh, So from a really fun perspective, I have a podcast called Essential Aromatica. And I do do, I just started this year, it's a pet project of mine, um, Luna Luna Aroma, where I look at lunar themes or seasonal themes, and I pair that with an essential oil. And I have guided meditations and poetry uh, and other things. I, I interview other aromatherapists, so it's very niche, just like you, it's like herbalism can be very niche. Mm-hmm. Um, but my website, NYC Aromatica, you can find free, you know, plant articles on, you can call them monographs, but not quite. So or a geek out on a plant. I have plant videos where you're with me in my garden, where I'm talking about like yuzu, a citrus or bay laurel. I'm going to do a myrtle <laughs> one this year where um, you just get to be with me and my personality <laughs> with the plant and talking about that. But I also have free classes. You'd sign up. I have an online, you know, learning management system associated for free how to diffuse oils. And I give you detailed PowerPoints because I'm a previous corporate person. <laughs> uh, so pretty detailed information. Most classes are like an hour long. But I'm really pleased to share that um, I only see people one-on-one in person to blend for you as a client. But if you're looking to learn and you got my style, like you kind of get me by now, I think. I, I do offer a 60 minute educational session. So if you want to like book time with me to do kind of what we're doing right now mm-hmm. to go in depth and you ask questions, I am offering that now. I just started doing that this month, actually. <laughs> I love that. That is such a cool way to work with people. Yeah. So I want to just be really clear, like it would be tailored to you, but also I don't offer certification. So I'm like a great place to start. Mm-hmm. you know, because maybe you're not ready to go into a full course. Amazing. That's great. I will put all of those links to any of anything that you shared. I'll put links on the show notes page for sure. So people have access. And that's so cool that you have a podcast because obviously people who are listening, listen to podcasts. So <laughs> that, yeah. So it's just exciting. I'm excited to check it out too myself. So yay. Thank you so much, Amy. This has been really enjoyable. I'm just really grateful for our connection and just to get to know you a little bit more and to hear about these magnificent plants and the relationship you have with them. I love it. I I feel like when we get to meet each other, like it's like meeting kindred spirits and it's this universe is really great. (laughs) (laughs) We we never would have met otherwise, but I really feel like our, our universe gets much bigger. Uh, the more we share. So thank you. Okay, friends, you have made it to the end of the interview. I'm so proud of you for sticking around for the whole thing. I hope that you really received a lot. I feel like this is the kind of interview that is worthy of listening to again and again, because there are a lot of gems in here. And I'm imagining you feel that too. You may even have wanted to take notes. So if you were driving or if you were exercising or if you were moving or doing chores while you were listening, It's certainly an opportunity to go back and kind of review some of the specifics that Amy offered. I will have, I will say that I will have all the links that she mentioned, and I'll even have links to the books that she mentioned, the few books that she mentioned, and just resources so that you can find those um, more easily. And that will be on the show notes page. So that'll be at herbalwomb.com forward slash episode 71. 
herbalwomb.com forward slash episode 71. And you can also get links to all of her work, everything that she's offering, if that feels interesting and exciting for you. I just feel like I love how many tools we have, how many incredible tools we have that are holistic and that are plant-based and that are earth-centered and that help us to just connect more deeply with our own bodies, with our own inner wisdom, like tune into our own senses and how that helps us to feel more alive and more possibility and more of our just like inner capacity to do our best work in the world, which I believe truly can be fed by our pleasure. And so like really looking at how the plants are are available for us, like just as much as we're available for them, there's like a connection that we have ancestrally, like our bodies have receptors that are interacting with these aromas. Like that is a thing that happens where our bodies are responding to some of these scents, like especially the ones we were talking about around sensuality or like awakening our arousal or sexuality or feeling safe in ourselves or feeling dropped in and grounded, you know, coming down from maybe being stuck in our brains, stuck in our stress response and really kind of arriving downward in our bodies and allowing ourselves to feel and to get sensual and to open it if that feels safe for us, you know, that these plants can help us to do that. I mean, how amazing is that? We are living in this magical world, and I feel like it is so easy to forget. And then hearing, even if we're like in a nerdy episode talking about, you know, the phytochemicals and the constituents or talking about Latin names, like the point really is, is that these plants that live around us, many of them live around us or we have them in our gardens, are plants that are offering us so much communication and so much incredible, healthful and therapeutic benefits, including getting us on, getting it on, right? Including getting us into the mood to experience our greatest, one of the greatest gifts of our lives, which I really deeply believe is our pleasure. So that is all for today. I hope that you've received as much as I have from this beautiful interview. And if you loved this episode, if you felt like you got some benefit from it and you want to share it on social media, please do. You can tag me at Herbal Womb Wisdom. Or if you know someone specifically that you'd like to share it with, you can send it to them in a DM or a text message. Sharing, this is like the kind of stuff, it is just so inspiring and so empowering to have these small little tools that we can add into our lives to help us to just feel better, right? To help us to feel better. So please do share if you feel called to. And otherwise, I will see you next week. Same time, same place. Until then, live well connect deeply and have a beautiful rest of your day.